Okay, good evening. So I am actually in excruciating pain. I had, a, I had a, why am I saying this? Not to show them pain. But I had this procedure today for, uh, for this ingrown toenail. So to get this thing out and to do that, they... Oh, don't, oh, don't ask. But why am I mentioning this? Besides um, the fact that I'm in pain. I was thinking today... Um, Actually, right before Mincha, something I said a couple of years ago, Ray Feinstein, or Moshe Feinstein, who was the greatest sage in America, uh, the greatest halachic decisor, the posek for this country. So he had open heart surgery um, in his old age. And when he had the open heart surgery, he said, oh, if I would have had one more kretsk, one more sigh, as I was davening in the ila, maybe I wouldn't have needed the surgery. So I was thinking to myself before Mincha, I should have dived a little harder last year. Uh, why I mentioned it, it's just to remind ourselves that next week we won't be having a class. Uh, probably we'll pick up after the holidays because only all the yomtivs, already some people mentioned today they couldn't make it tonight. Um, but what's at stake for all of us in this room is a lot. And one of the things that is in our hands, you know, we, we, we have, you know, for the men, I I very rarely repeat ideas. I almost never report, repeat a story in my drushas. I, I very even rarely repeat ideas. And one thing I say every year on the night of Rosh Hashanah, I never say the same things as the day of Rosh Hashanah, but the night of Rosh Hashanah I say the same thing every year, that we are our own advocates in Rosh Hashanah. We're, we're on trial, and we advocate for, our, advocate for ourselves. One of the most important things to realize... And Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur, for all of you young ladies, is that davening, and how we daven, and how we pray, and what we do, makes a big difference. In fact, all of this class, in general, is that our actions make a difference. That that we do counts. and, And trying, making efforts, is a huge undertaking and a huge plus for us. Still, you're still teaching the school? So just, again, if, if your students try, is that, is that, the, 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 doesn't that give them, don't, don't you view them p- positively, even if they're not the best student? So it would be hope for me if I'd be in your class. Because you know, I wouldn't be good at music, but I would try. Right? So it, the, what's important for all of us here is, first of all, and I, I'm not going to be able to shut up, is to realize What's at stake? What's at stake? And, and thank God, uh, you know, I may be a little bit pain, but this pain, please God, will, will end shortly, and it won't affect the rest of my life. There are much worse things that can happen to anybody, and you know, and, and you know, that are much more uh, crucial. Which will be side this Rosh Hashanah Kippur. Number one is to realize what's at stake, and number two to realize, like this work, a lot of Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur is effort to improve. Effort, don't ever, ever underestimate how important it is to show effort. To make, to not be static, to not be the same. If a, a teacher could have a positive impression of a student, if a parent has a positive feeling to, towards a child for making efforts, how much more so does God look at us and say, wow, this person's trying. Right? This person's making efforts. Luckily for us, we're in this class. 
we're learning a work which is all about self-improvement, which is all about, A, perspective, because if we lack perspective, we'll never improve. If we don't know what to improve in, and we don't know what life's about, then we won't accomplish it. So the first, the most important thing in this work is it gives us perspective, right? As we said last week, what's the point of us in this world? To connect to Hashem, to be close to Hashem. When we have that kind of perspective, we can start working on ourselves to do more and to do better. So we'll pick up where we left off last week. I'll miss this, by the way. Don't think I'm not going to miss this uh, over over the Saras Mitzvah. I will be busy. Hopefully, I'll have a baby and um, and uh, Shatova. And oh, I, I I'm going to have to have a baby. Uh, and uh, I, I got in that my life was never boring ever. And. Um, it's, you know, I, I have dates I prefer. I've told my wife already a couple of times. <laughs> it could be this time and this date. I'll be very appreciative. But you know what? I'll be happy at the right time. Beth Hashem should be healthy and go, it should go well. Um, thank you. Okay. So, we left off last week at the end that Hashem puts this world to connect and that the greatest pleasure in this world is spiritual pleasure. That connecting to God is the greatest pleasure in this world. The greatest infinite pleasure. We've talked in general, spiritual pleasures are much greater. And the real place of this pleasure is not this world, which is a limited, finite world, but in the Olam Haba, in the world to come. But this world is the way you get to the world to come. There's only one way there, right? And that's through this world. And the way we get in this world to connect to Hashem, not only in this world, but to connect to Hashem in the world to come, is through mitzvahs. Right? And we mentioned actions speak louder than words. Actions speak louder than words. Wanting to come to Shul and Rosh Hashanah is not coming to Shul and Rosh Hashanah. Right? Wanting to daven is not davening. It's a step. It's a good thing. It's at least you have a, a positive thought. Better to have the thought than nothing. But like in any relationship... You know, whether it's a child-parent, parent-child, spouse-soul relationship, friends, right? So <laughs> you do. It's, 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 it's performance, right? And therefore, the performance of mitzvahs, mitzvahs allows us to connect to Hashem. As I mentioned, you know, and I said this point this week also, you know, you, the, 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 the greatest difference between orthodoxy and non-orthodox uh, Judaism, besides the fact that non-orthodox Jews largely not their own fault, but the reality is know very little about anything about Judaism and Torah. <laughs> They're com- usually completely ignorant. But, with the, but when they have a conception, there's a radical difference. Number one is, again, 99% of whether it's conservative or reform or certainly unaffiliated Jews have very little first-hand primary knowledge. And most of them grew up completely religious with very few opportunities but for you people in the room, you can be ambassadors to give them that opportunity because most Jews in the Bay Area especially n- never are, walk into a shul, less certainly like an Orthodox shul, never studied Torah, never had the privilege to study work like this. Right? And if they did, they would change their lives. There's no question about it. It was no question about it. So you talk about Jews who have very, very little exposure. Often their exposure is not the best exposure because it's not 100% authentic. So one of the things that they get thrown off on is the conception of mitzvahs. I'd say there's two radical misunderstandings that non-Orthodox, and even some Orthodox Jews have. Number one, I can't tell you how often people say to me, 
Oh, it's all a bunch of laws, like legal laws. Like it's like jaywalking laws and speeding laws. You know, things like they view it as a very legalistic system. You know, Sabbath laws, lots of lots of laws. And therefore, you know, it's, that's a law. It's, and really, a mitzvah, it's not just, uh, it's not just a, a law. We believe it's a spiritual reality. It's a spiritual if you if if you eat pig, it's not like you just broke a law. It's not like you jay. You know what happens if you speed on the highway today? No, I'm sure nobody here, here sped. Uh, but you, you drove 71 miles on the highway instead of 65. What happens to you? Well, as long as a cop doesn't catch you, are you really affected? Not really. You probably got to your place a little bit closer. Maybe slightly endanger yourself if you got into an accident. But nothing happens to you. You can walk on in life, be a good person. Nothing happens to you, in theory, if you speed. If you do it enough, maybe you get caught. But if you drive 69 your whole life, most likely, even if a cop sees you, he can care less about you. Okay? It's not that way with mitzvahs. If the Torah says something, it's, it, if, you, if you're talking about kosher meat, if the, 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 the meat is slaughtered a little bit off, or it's not 100% kosher, if it's kosher style, it's not that just that you broke the law, you damage your soul. <laughs> you sever your connection to Hashem. You, re- you listening, Mashkicha? You're in big, you're, you're a big, you're a big responsibility. Right? Um, I, you, you, do, you have to be called on every day. You're also a you, 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 No. <laughs> no, you didn't say anything. <laughs> Did you hear me, Mashkicha, as well? Did you hear what I said? Thank you, sure. Yeah, okay. So, at the end of the day, it's not just laws. It's, you know, if, if a person breaks Torah, it actually has a spiritual ramification, not only for ourselves, but for the whole world. If a Jew does a mitzvah, at some level, it butterflies affects the whole spiritual world. And same thing by an Avera. So the first thing is, mitzvahs have a huge impact on our soul. By the way, I'm not going into, the, the Shulshan doesn't work on right here, but he's another work where he talks about our spiritual reality in the world to come is what we do with our soul in this world. It's a big Kabbalistic ideal. That we are, we, the soul we'll have is created in this world. We're, we're just cashing the chips in the world to come. Again, these are big Kabbalistic ideas. We're not doing this right now. But the world, the mitzvahs, it's not, just a, it's not like we have mitzvahs, we go to the next world and we ch- cash in our chips. Our soul is already impacted in this world, and that's how it's affected in the, in the world to come. Number two, when people have a very wrong conception of mitzvahs, is they, um, even if they believe it affects the soul, they don't look at it as uh, a relationship with Hashem. Right? Really, mitzvahs, the essence of mitzvahs, not just to you know, get olam haba or get rewarded, it's to have a relationship with Hashem. We're not... You know, we're not we're, we're not supposed to be just sitting here cashing in chips. Really, mitzvahs are creating a bond. Mitzvah, as I said, salvsa, it connects us to Hashem. It bonds us with Hashem. It allows us to be not only spiritual, but ideally have a loving relationship, an odd relationship with Hashem. And therefore, mitzvahs are all important. And to be honest, when you speak to a non-Orthodox Jew, oh, it's kosher style, or it's quasi-kosher, or it's legalistic. That's so wrong. And no wonder it's not so exciting for them. It's not so passionate. Because the whole conception is wrong. That's not what mitzvahs are. Mitzvahs are a way to connect to Hashem. Hashem put us in this world, all of us in this room, and told us 
how we could be successful. It's not, it's not like you're going in the world blind. There's actually laws of engagement. Okay? So having said that, our goal is to connect to Hashem. Our goal is to have a loving relationship with Hashem. And the way to get there, and the way to do that, is through mitzvahs. V'hinei, we're in a world where there's so many things that distract us, that pull us away and distance us from mitzvahs and from Hashem. First of all, there are physical desires. We all need to eat and to sleep. We need to exercise. We need uh, pleasure. Everyone needs pleasure. Right? Whether it's a walk, whether it's uh, uh, whatever it may be, music, uh, you know, whatever a person needs, we need we need a certain amount of pleasures, right? But if you get pulled after these things, if it becomes your primary needs, right? you're pulled after. Let me give you an example. I, when I went to, to law school, I interviewed at some of the most powerful law firms, not only in New York, but in the world. Um, in the world, literally in the world. I, I summered for the second largest law firm in the world and the most powerful law firm in Baltimore. It doesn't say too much, but I did do that. And, you know, law, I mean, I don't, I, I, I have a lot to say about lawyers, but... Uh, I don't want to make fun of lawyers, especially when I'm technically a lawyer myself at some level. Um, but law is a pranasa. You know, you can make a career, you can do some good things. But you know what happens with some lawyers? They become obsessed with it. I, and I, I, I get interviewed. I, I, you come in and I say, tell me about your family life. Like, oh, I'm my third wife. I'm my like, they don't even hear the sound. I remember one guy says to me, oh, it's great family life. You know, I see my wife on the weekends. I'm like, oh my goodness. Right? So you become obsessed. So law itself could be okay, but when, you're, when, you, when law becomes your life, you lose perspective. That's really everything in life. There are a lot of things which are important, but if you get pulled off to them, everyone needs to make a career, but your career can consume you. Food's important. You don't, we need to eat in this world, but food can become an obsession. <laughs> right? Uh, every physical comfort, having luxuries. I mean, I watch... I, I honestly, I don't have. Uh, uh, some, I don't actually really have to share my phone, my wife. Uh, but uh, you know, I don't have a, 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 a smartphone. Thank God. Thank God. I'm still, I'm a, my greatest nightmare is that they'll stop making the old type of phones. Like I'll be stuck with all these phones. Like that's like Hashem should save me from that because um, it will follow me around. And but the truth is, jokes aside, even though I really, really don't want to get on those phones. Um, it's for many people. It's very helpful. Um, you know, what's the problem with it? It, it? You get addicted to it, and the the helpful part is lost by all of the addiction and all of the waste of time. You know, I very few people have my cell phone, and those who do know that I don't text. I will be. There's a few things I'll be on record for if they ever have a, a good test. I don't. I don't never text ever. Even relatives, I don't text. As a rule, I despise the idea of texting. Now, my daughter. If she ever hears this, she's, you know, it's 2015, teenage girls texts. So she'll text me. I say, I don't text back. I don't like the concept. I don't like that it's no grammar. I don't like the fact that people expect in- instantaneous answers. 
you know, someone texts you, I could be in the middle of learning Gemara, like, ask the answer to back, you know? I don't like that, you know, I'm busy. I mean, there's other important things in your text. It could be in the middle of a meeting. I have to text you back because you texted me. And if you don't text back in like 20 minutes, people think like it's rude, or, you know? You know, people expect texting means you can, it's a, what's one word? It texts me back. Leave me out of this. All these things have good uses. But what happens is they consume a person. They become so consuming. I, you, I, I can't tell you how often I'm driving and I see people on their phones doing things which are posh dangerous, let alone, you know, addiction. Uh, so there's lots of things in life which can pull us out of perspective. When you take everything in life, we're busy. We're busy. Because we, it's not just food. It's not just the phones. It's not just the jobs. It's not just that we need to exercise. If we can lose perspective of my chavasabalama, why we're in this world. Where we can lose perspective. Why are we here? What, what's life really about? What, what are we supposed to be doing with ourselves? I show you Mashiach Harem, and certainly in the physical world, we can be pulled after them. You can pull us away. And it can distance us from Hashem. You have to know that all of us, all of us without exception, our, everyone in this room, our challenges are all different. Our tests are all different. But we are all in the great battle of life. Don't be scared. You're all, you'll be successful. Right, we're all in the great battle of life. We're in a mechama chazaka. Kikol inyane ha'olam. Everything in this world, hein l'toiv, ben ben l'mutav, whether it's good or adverse, not or not so good. Hinei m'nisuyin islam, everything in this world is a test. Hinei m'nisuyin islam, dem ha'oini mitzad echad. For some people, poverty is a test, and some people, wealth is a test. <laughs> wealth, wealth can be a tremendous downfall. So could poverty. So can middle class. Whatever the situation is, there's tests involved in the challenge. There's tests involved in it. Ke'in Shem or Shlomo, as Shlomo said in, in Mishle and Proverbs, pen you could have financial wealth and security and deny God. It's, you're, it's, I'm successful. I had a good job. I went to a great school like Stanford or, 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 or Harvard or Yale or Penn. Like, you know, like, you can feel successful. Or I have a great job. Or I am, for musicians, by the way, we have a couple of musicians over here. You know, music, musicians, it's, it's your, if you have any talent, whether it's an art or music, it's me. Like you feel like I'm good at something. I, I, you know, and, and we forget that God gives us those capabilities. Right? Any time a person is successful, it's very hard to feel Hashem. Right? Whether, whenever a person is successful, you can deny Hashem. And you don't have to pray to Hashem. You watch a person who wants to have a baby, or wants to get married, or wants something, or needs a job, they come and pray. You're in the hospital, whoa! I see you, they pray. Oh, they, they pray. Right. But you same person, thank you God for making me healthy, thank you. You ever see someone crying if they're healthy? With tears in their eyes? You know, crying that uh, they're married? You know, tears of joy? Thank you. You know, if you're married happily, well, did you ever sit there on the wall crying? Thank you, Hashem. If you're healthy, thank you, Hashem. Nick, do you think they ever cried that my foot, my toes are okay? Never. Uh, really, I should have. Now I'm, like, I'm crying that it's not okay, right? I mean, so it doesn't... It, there's, there's a, 
obviously when there's a need, it doesn't. But in life, when you when you think you're successful, you don't you don't feel any connection. Not only not not to pray, but you can actually deny God at some level. You can attribute success to yourself, and there and, and, and whether it's that can affect the person's charity, a person deals with others, a person's prayer, a person's perspectives, a person's perspectives. So wealth could bring tremendous challenges for a person. At the same time, poverty, a person could steal. A person could rationalize, not paying stuff, chipping people off, not being charitable, not inviting guests because they can't afford it, right? doing things which are illicit, you know, illicit because they have to support their family and everything goes when that happens, right? Pen, Ivarish, maybe a person become poor for Ganafti. And everything's okay because I got to do this. I got to, I can be dishonest because I need to support my family. You speak to people, they're all of a sudden everything's okay because, what are, you know, I got to take care of myself. Tests. Life is a test. And you're in life. And their life, it's consuming at some level. Hashalvim etzadech. When people are peaceful, you know what happens to peaceful people? They could play golf, they can do life, but they, you know, they could disconnect from Hashem. And as I said last week, the greatest pleasure in this world is to have a connection to Hashem. The greatest pleasure in this world, not only because, not only will you be rewarded for that, not only will a person live a good life, in the world to come that, that way. Not only does it give a person purpose in this world, but the greatest pleasure is to have a connection with Hashem. And because you have everything, a purposeful life, a life of purpose, a life of connection. Just like you know, I mentioned, if you'd have a great job and all the money in the world and you'd be physically healthy and you have no friends and no spouse and nobody cares about you and no children and, not, and nobody, you'd feel miserable at some level. At some level, you would feel a lack if no, no parents, no siblings, no friends, no one cares. There would be a tremendous existential lack. You, you, what would it, what's it worth it for? <laughs> what am I doing this for? You know, like you know. So, it, 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 if you had Hashem, everything has purpose. And certainly, you know, it's only if you can connect it to everything else. You, you're able to have that spiritual reality. So, Shalva could be great. If you realize it's good to have peace in your mind, it's good to have things taken care of. You can serve Hashem better, but it could also be a tremendous test. Yisurin, there are people who, because of difficulties, change their life for the better. You know, give them perspective. I mean, uh, Andy Harmon told me he had, he had cousins in France who were completely secular. They got into a car accident, became observant Jews. And their whole life changed, but not just because of observance. There are people who appreciate their marriages, their kids. I mean, you because of difficulties, they become much better for it. Because of challenges, they become much more better. They, I, I, I have a few friends that had a really hard time getting married, and when they got married, they really, really appreciated marriage. When a person has a hard time having a baby, when they have a baby, very often they really, really appreciate. We've had a couple of people in this community. Her babies in their forties, first kids. I mean, that's a huge nice. You appreciate it, right? You trust me. I was there when they didn't have the babies. They were not, you know. It, it was difficult. It's a difficult process. Right? You soon also, and I will tell you that these individuals also changed in the process. You know, the, the pursuit of it changed them. You soon could be a, a tremendous uh, 
growth uh, area, a tremendous ability to connect to Hashem, to David, to work on oneself. It could be a catalyst and a catapult. Or a person could become angry, bitter, depressed, anxious, and sometimes cruel and disgusting to people because of the difficulties they have. And they can blame and point because of them. Tests, the same difficulty could make or break. Hashavim, it said, Echad ve'yisurim, it said, Echad. Ad shenimsis ha'malchanu ha'elav, panav achar. That in life, the tests are before us and after us. Ve'imu yile ben chayol, if we will be strong, a soldier. Ve'inatzim ha'malchanu be'kot stadin. And we are successful in our battles and in life. Our spiritual battles. <laughs> our spiritual battles in life, Mikot Stadin. Who ya adam Hashem, then we will become a perfect person. That a person, such a person, will connect to Hashem, to His Creator, to His Creator. By the way, on tonight, it's unbelievable. It's a guy I know. Uh, he's, a, he's a venture capitalist. He lives in Harnof, Jerusalem. So he's here for a deal. He's, he's, he's saying Kaddish for his mother, who passed away five months ago. So he came into Mincha tonight, huffing and puffing. He had a flight to London at San Jose, from San Jose Airport at 8.30. Mincha was at 6.35, 6.40. So what did he do? What did he do? He dropped off his bags, checked in, got his ticket, took a taxi here just to get Mincha, got here at Mincha, Dav in the 20 minutes to take a taxi back. I'm telling the guy when he came in, he was like, and he's actually Davin for the Amud. Couldn't even say for Ma'ariv. But why? Because he had appreciation for his mother. He wanted to do something. to give her. You can imagine that the running back and forth to the airport, and it's an inter- international flight, he needs to get home for, for, for Rosh Hashanah to Israel. But he has such appreciation for the man's. Uh, in his late forties, a Balchuva actually he lives. He's very Haredi today, but and he's a successful guy. Uh, he's doing. He was here doing a very large deal. Um, but you think he had such appreciation for his mother? He made his whole night stressful. How many people would say, "Listen, I have a flight eight thirty British Airways to go to London to get to Israel. Right, I don't have time. I mean, my mother. God understand. My mother understands. You know, he didn't use that as an excuse. He pushed himself to take just for a mincha. And he would have done mincha, by the way, either way. Just get the minion to say Kaddish. Right? Why? Because he had appreciation of mother. You know what that is? If you appreciate your mother, how much more should we should appreciate for our creator, for God? And if you have that kind of love, the truth is anyone should do that for God. Not for the mother, but it happens to be. It's good to do for your mother. <laughs> As well. But my point is, when you, you borrow, you appreciate, you, you're successful, you connect to your, your borrow. Right? I remember once a guy came here, He's a member, not an Orthodox person. He sat cash for a year. He said he felt very connected to his parents. He's constantly giving to his parents in Shemayim by doing it. Right? You, of course you connect. You're giving at some level. You're giving at some level. If a person is successful, the greatest connection is to Hashem. person comes to the corridor of life, of life, and enters, enters into the world to come, which is considered this, this, the room of the party, to be eternally illuminated 
in the light of God's presence. And to the extent, and to the extent that we conquer our personal, because again, everyone's evil inclination, everyone's challenges are different. Our personal Yetzirah and our personal desires, that's, we'll be rewarded for that. And we distance ourselves from the things that pull us away from Hashem. There are things that each one of us, we know, pull us away from Hashem. And we make the efforts to connect to Hashem. To the extent we make the effort and the things that we are, are challenges. And I know somebody... <laughs> It's a, 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 a relationship with a relative. Just not even not. We're not talking about you know food. We're not talking about creature comforts. We're not talking about jobs. A relationship with a relative that consumes them. A negative relationship. Right. Sometimes it's a child. They're disconnected from the child. Sometimes it's a parent. A child is disconnected to the parent. Sometimes it's an ex spouse. Whatever it may be. And like that whole relationship consumes them, destroys them, makes them not appreciate life often, makes them bitter. So that relationship pulls them away from their goal in this world. Pulls them away from where they need to be in this world. But it's rocking. So a person, you know, and sometimes you have to, you have to have that relationship. You, keep, you know, if it's your parent that pulls you away from this world, if it's your child, you know, Sometimes a child wants to speak to the parent, whatever it may be. You can't let that take you away to the extent you can deal with the, that relationship, you have to deal with it. But you cannot, you know, I, I, I know people, it was once a lady in one of my classes, she told me, I said to her, you should be covering your hair. You're, you're religious enough to cover your hair. You know, you should cover your hair. So she, the person tells me they can't because they're parents. I said to the person, the person today does actually, uh, I said to the person, so you mean to tell me, for the rest of your life, you're not going to cover your hair because of your parents? There are people, I know people who never become observant for this reason. Never. I'm not judging them. I'm not saying it's an easy, you know. But would you, if your parent told you for the rest of life, you should stay in your house and, and not work, would you do that? If your parents tell you, you know, divorce your husband and you shouldn't be married to this person. I mean, person said, you have to be able to deal with your parents. You can't sacrifice your life for that. And there are people who, be, in relation to their parents, they're never happy because of that. Because their parent or their child. I know, I know a few people, their kids are narcissistic, and the kids have either very little or nothing or negative relationships, and everything else in their life doesn't mean anything. And it affects them in negative ways. There are people who have the spouse relationship this way. You can't. If, the, you, if these are. If it's. It's not just the physical world which can pull a person away. It's not just work which can pull a person away. There's many people who can pull it away. And to the extent that that relationship does, a person needs to distance himself to the negative behavior or the negative relationship. Sometimes you can't distance yourself from that relationship. You just have to overcome it. (laughs) You have to overcome it. And I remember there's a girl in my class when I was a little kid who started to keep Shabbos in elementary school. And her parents pulled her out. And I think that, I always think back at that girl, like, what a loss. And I don't know what happened to this girl. It's been decades. You know? They pulled her out of the school. They pulled her out of the school. Crazy. 
they fall out because they keep Shabbos. Right? The parents, by the way, were not observant Jews. They didn't know better. I'm not blaming them, but what a loss. They get a spiritual pull. You know what happens very often? I saw actually I saw this girl years later. She was completely I mean, I don't know where she is today. This is you know, she was like she you know, I think it was eighteen, maybe I saw something it was like five, six years later, seven years later, whatever it was after this. You know, secular. She had that spiritual spark. Maybe maybe it came back. I don't know. But you know, you, you, you can't you you know, the whole story of Avram, how does the story, how what's the first relation what's the, how do we meet Avram? Lech lecha, our introduction to Avram is God saying, Avram, leave your land and your parents' house. Which means you can't, you can't sacrifice your life because of a parent, or a child, or a sibling, or a husband, or no one has wives here, thank God. Right? Uh, I have a wife. So I, or a wife for me, and a man who's listening to this. Right? It's important because, you know, sometimes people can overcome a lot of things, but they can't overcome the relationships which pull them down. And sometimes you have to distance yourself completely. And sometimes you cannot distance yourself, but you have to overcome it. You have to, you, to lose everything in this world, to lose your whole purpose in this world, the world to come, to connection to Hashem. You can't do that. You know, I remember years ago when I was in Philadelphia, I studied with a guy who became a Baal and his spouse was not. And I actually learned Mishra Sharm. It's unbelievable, actually. I just remember this. We were learning Mishra Sharm. Today, his spouse is completely religious. This guy, I mean, the guy was so far off. He was like, he grew up, like, you know, real, real reform, like, you know, Kumbaya reform, like, you know, you know, playing guitars in the temples and, you know, Tikkun Olam, everything. You know, God was never mentioned. Um, so he started becoming a little observant. The man is a true Ben Torah, learns Torah every day now. And, you know, I, I remember we were talking about his wife. His wife was accepting me. Certain things she didn't want to do. I said, listen, you can't force your wife, but you can't sacrifice yourself. <laughs> you know? First of all, he would have done his wife and never been religious. He would have lost himself in the process. What if, what if your wife wanted you to take drugs? I said to him. What if she wanted you to do dangerous? Well, if your wife would tell you to jump off a cliff, are you going to do that? Are you going to do that? Why is the spiritual cliff anything less? You're in this, you know better now. You didn't know better fight when you married her. And it's not her fault because she didn't know better. She still doesn't know better. But you now understand this. You need to do what you need to do. You got to be understanding you gotta be tolerant, you gotta be accepting, but you cannot sell yourself in life short. You cannot, in life, I mean, in Masrichim, I'm just mentioning it because I can't tell you how many people I deal with recently that they sell themselves short because of relationships. I know a person uh, in the East Coast, someone I had a long term relationship with, I've been helping, and they they have a very negative relationship with a child, and it consumes them, consumes them, and they can't be happy in life. So much bracha, one kid. They have other kids. This is what you. This is what. This is what's going to drive you down. <laughs> this is you. You have so much other things to be happy about, and this is what's going to affect you. That you're not going to be able to daven and serve Hashem, and you're bitter, and you're morose. 
So in a masricha, a person has to be able to distance himself, certainly from the physical things. The things that pull them, you have to connect to Ken Yisegeu. And to the extent we make the efforts, the Yismach will be happy in this world. You're not going to be happy if you sell yourself short. You're not going to be happy in life if you're consumed by materialism and you're missing the boat of life. If the person delves further, Tira, this world is created for man to utilize this world. We're in a tremendous balance. Because if a person uh, is drawn after this world, drawn after the world, you know what? You know what? The, do you know what they show the least observant or religious any religion actually? Certainly, the, in time isn't for people this world. What age is? Anyone know? Statistically, when people are least religious in, in life, early twenties, early twenties. They're in the college. You, you, know, you ever been in a college? You think these people were? They are so consumed by the moment, by their passions, by their hormones, by you know eating. And they wake up late. They sleep late. They they do other things I won't mention on on, on in, in a show, right? They're so far away from anything spiritual. Unfortunately, by the way. That many of the, their, 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 their marriage decisions are in their mid or young 20s when they're in the worst level spiritually. <laughs> the lowest level. They, they, you know, I, I always tell young cousins and college, you want to be the, the young people who are dating, the highest level spiritually you should be is when you're getting married. Because once you're married, you're locked to an extent. Right? You bet when you're dating, you better be at your highest, not your lowest, because that's you're going to be in a locked in, in a path of life afterwards. You can always change it, and you can always overcome it, but it's a lot harder. It's a lot harder. So a person when you're consumed, I always think that when I, when I think of a kid who has no spirituality, I think of college kids largely. Some people actually search because they're not locked in anything, but most are so consumed by, you know, whether it's work and getting a career or pleasures, or partying, and fun, and having a good time, and they don't have time for God. They're so consumed with, by making a career, what, what do you think you're in your career for? What's the point of your career? What's the point of life? These people don't even think about it. So you can be, you can be the world though is, 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 is created for man, but if a person's pulled out of it, if you're a college kid, you're Nisraqa Kamibayro, You'll be far away from your creator. You won't think about life. You won't think about spirituality. You won't think about, about, about connecting to God. And if that's the case, you know, who miscalco? You'll become degraded. And here's a very big Kabbalistic concept. I just mentioned it before, actually, in the beginning. We're, all of us are spiritually connected to not beyond us. If a Jew sins in, his, in, a, in a bathroom somewhere... <laughs> Locked up in a room, it affects the whole world. When we learn Torah, when you when you when Jew thinks pure thoughts and does mitzvahs, it also has a positive effect in the world. It also has a cleansing effect in the world. If you sin, you didn't just sin; you sin the world. You brought the world down with you. You do a mitzvah, you bring the world up with you. And therefore, if a Jew controls himself, and it connects to his Creator. And we use this world. We use the world. The person needs to have his world. You know, 
Again, a person takes, takes advantage of this world. Uh, uh, you know, I mentioned on Shabbos, when I was talking about, you know, having proper fear for Rosh Hashanah, and, uh, you know, realizing what's at stake. So I had, I had mentioned that I had my first blood test, actually two weeks ago. I had been a doctor for almost two years. Now, <laughs> twice, right, right, I got my blood test. So the, the one thing I had to, to work on is my HDL. Work on my HDL. So I'm like, you know, there's things to do fish and exercise and nuts and whole wheat, blah, blah, blah. And some, most of the things I do, actually, anyways. And another thing is dark chocolate. Wow. It's a tough life. You know, dark chocolate. You know, I like chocolate. I, uh, I didn't mind that. And moderation, yeah. And your cake, by the way, your torts. There's a lot of chocolate in it, I should. Uh, yeah. all right. but, dark chocolate. Dark chocolate. But, uh, but on a serious note, on a serious note, you know, I need to have that dark chocolate now in moderation. Trust me, I know it's moderation. I don't enjoy it. You know, it could have been a fish oil I had to have every day. Thank God it wasn't that. Right? You can have dark chocolate. You know what? But you know what? A little chocolate puts a person in a good mood. It's good to have a little chocolate in life. Yeah, you know, everyone has their, it's, everyone has their chocolate. Uh, it may, everyone has the things they need. It's what you need, you need. Right? What you need, you need. I don't need so much sleep. I need some, some sleep. <laughs> but you know, some people need more sleep. So if you need that much sleep, take it. <laughs> you got to do what you got to do. Some people, everyone has needs. So the, our needs you have to do. But more than our needs, right? when it's not moderation, when it's indulging, that's what pulls us away from Hashem. That's what loses perspective um, for where we're supposed to. So, but if we take our needs, listen to this. Humisala, we we are we connect to Hashem. Humisala imo, right? We use the world for its its purpose. We have a perspective why we're here. We're raised, and we raise the whole world with us. We raise the world with us. When we're elevated to the extent we raise ourselves, we raise the entire world with us. We raise the entire world. If we, if we do better, the whole world is better. The entire world is better. By the way, just to give a crude example on the negative, if a woman walks around provocatively, you know, I don't know, I'm not going to get into details, she doesn't just affect herself when she walks around provocatively. She affect, when she's walking around the neighborhood, what, who, does, who else does she affect? Well, every, every guy she affects, whether she realize, whether they heads turn or not, it affects them because they, they, they'll see her and they'll think about her. Or, and they, that could affect their marriages and who else knows what else. But not only does it affect all these guys, and many, of the, many men are so weak. I can't tell you how weak men are. <laughs> men are such weak creatures. They, they can... They can be doing the most important things and some lady walks by and it just destroys them and or plus men are such weak creatures you know such weak uh, women have, have other weaknesses but, but, but you know what it also affects it affects every lady because if one woman lowers the bar of, of modesty of tznis it lowers it for everyone if a woman comes in and she's not tznis you get used to it at some level it's okay. She's a nice lady. She's so she hugs and she kisses and she's sweet and she's nice and she's friendly and blah, 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 blah. it's okay. It's not so bad, you know. She's not like one of these Hollywood bums who's on drugs, right? right? She's not on drugs. She's not a bad person, so it's not so bad. I, if you'd see, you know, she walks around with many. Well, it, it, or some people follow. <laughs> 
she does it, why should I do it? I need to look good for my husband. I need to, look, I need to get married. Right? Or I, I need to look beautiful. So I once had a lady tell me she had to dress provocatively for work. I said, why? She needs people to appreciate her. Now, I'm not talking about how crazy that is, but you know what that's created? It's not created by her. It's been created by a bunch of people who are doing that. So it creates a reality for other people. So one lady could walk around and affect many, many people negatively by the way she dresses, let alone how she talks or whatever. The same thing is the positive. You have one person walk around and they're friendly and they're nice. That affects everyone. You walk one person around and they're godly and they talk about God normally. You know, Avram Avino, you know what Avram did? Avram affected the whole world around him. You know why? Because he brought God into the world to people. You affect yourself, you affect the world. That's on a practical level. On a spiritual level, we're connected above. You know, we say a bracha, nobody sees us. We're in our kitchen and we say, Baruch Atah Hashem, we say Hashem. The whole world is affected. Now, nobody saw. But we're connected into the we're connected into the the global web of spirituality. And that affects the whole world. When we use the world collected, Chazal gave a couple of examples. But you know, or the Gemara says in the Chagiga. That the light, the, the, the primordial light that God created for the righteous, right? when God saw that he, he had this light, this spiritual great light for the righteous, he was glad in him. That the, the uh, light of the righteous uh, is, uh, is 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 gladden. It's there for people who uh, who sanctify. So the light is the light's created. It's there to to cause benefit. So the world, the light in the world, has a positive relationship. By Yaakov Avinu, Sham Yaakov, we know that all the rocks fought to be under the heads of Yaakov, which means on a spiritual level. For the rock wants to be uplifted, right? It wants to be uptake. If you say a blessing on even water, you're uplifting the water, you're uplifting yourself, you're uplifting the world. Okay, we're going to hold here. I just want to wish everybody, first of all, a meaningful Rosh Hashanah. Your prayer should be answered, Lataiv. You should take advantage. And I want you to know one thing. You should come in confident. Because of if studying our work like this, already puts you favorable in the eyes of Hashem. But you should think as the year goes ahead, as you're coming into the new year. Everyone, I, I'll tell you something, which I told uh, the 12th graders yesterday in the era. What I do. Take an index card. Take an index card. Put four things on one side, which happened in the 57th this past year. Because that was the side of the last year. And put four things you want for the year ahead. And as you're praying, realize that Rosh Hashanah decides... You know, obviously, Yom Kippur seals. But Yom Kippur, Yom Shadasad. When you pray with that knowledge, and you make the efforts with that, right, you, your person can be tremendously successful. So I give you a bracha. Your prayer should be answered with toiv. You should take advantage of the tremendous opportunities and the holiness and the special days ahead. 
And Amir Tashem, if we're not in Yerushalayim, we'll pick up after this. Thank you.